Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Turquoise Hill Third Quarter Financial Results Conference Call. At this time, all lines are in a listen-only mode, and following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded today, Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021, and I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Roy McDowell. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Michelle. Good morning. I'm Roy McDowell, Head of Investor Relations and Communications. Welcome to our third quarter 2021 financial results conference call. On Tuesday, we released our third quarter 2021 results press release, MD&A, and financial statements. These items are available on our website and CDAR. With me today on the call is Keith Bo, our interim CEO, Luke Colton, our CFO, and Joanne Dudley, our COO. This call and presentation includes certain forward-looking statements and information. We refer you to the forward-looking statements section of the annual information form dated March 8, 2021, uh, supplemented by our MDNA for the three and nine months ended September 30th, 2021. And now I'd like to turn the call over to Steve. Thank you, Roy, and good morning to everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us for our third quarter 2021 earnings call. Uh, Joanne, Luke, and I will be available for Q&As following our presentation. Please note, slide two and three contain our cautionary statements, and I would encourage you to read through them. Turning to slide five, the Olutogoy Open Pit and Underground Workforce posted an all-injury frequency rate of 0.13 for the nine months ending September 30, 2021, an improvement over the rate from the sixth month ended June 30, 2021. This is an impressive achievement considering the challenges posed by COVID-19. The Open Pit operation continued uninterrupted through the quarter and produced 41.9 thousand tons of copper and over 130 thousand ounces of gold. We are maintaining our uh, 2021 production guidance of 150 to 180 thousand tons of copper and 400 to 480 thousand ounces of gold. Although the site operated at less than 50% of its planned personnel levels in the third quarter, Due to the COVID personnel restrictions, the team was able to make progress on the underground project. The sinking of Shaft 4 was restarted during the quarter, and in October, we began the commissioning of the material handling system number one. While the volume of concentrate shipments to customers improved during Q3 versus Q2, site inventory remains above target levels, and consequently, we will maintain our force measure until that imbalance is corrected. All technical undercut readiness activities have been completed, 
and Olutogoy from a technical perspective have been ready since July 2021 to commence the undercut. Undercut commencement remains delayed by a number of factors, including the payment resolution of certain non-technical criteria essential for the start of the caving operations, obtaining the approval of all OT LLC board directors for additional investment to progress the underground development, to greenlight the negotiations with the project financed lenders on debt reprofiling, obtaining outstanding required regulatory approvals and securing an agreement on a pathway to meet Olutogoy long-term power requirements. All of these issues are the subject of ongoing discussion between the company, Rio Tinto, and the government of Mongolia. Having just returned from six weeks in Mongolia, where I was involved in negotiation, I can say that I was encouraged by the good effort of all parties to reach a, a solution so that the underground development can achieve success through a process of mutually beneficial cooperation. I can also attest that all parties are aware of the urgent needs to remove the obstacles to the start of the uh, undercut to prevent further delays and to preserve the economic value of the project. To further that process, TRQ and Rio Tinto recently tabled a comprehensive proposal for the government that we believe addressed the government's key concerns and ensures that the project remains a compelling value proposition for all partners. From a financial perspective, our base case incremental funding requirement has increased to 3.6 billion as at September 30th from 2.4 at the end of Q2. The increase reflects preliminary information provided by Audit2Goy regarding the impact of the delay to the initiation of the undercut, as well as additional underground development capital of 140 million in known costs in known COVID cost impacts. Our available liquidity of 0.8 billion is expected to be sufficient to fund the company's requirements, including funding of underground capital expenditure into Q3 2022. Slide six showcase both the excellence of the Olutogoy team and the contribution gold provides to our C1 cash costs. During Q3, Olutogoy produced approximately 42,000 tons of copper and over 130,000 ounces of gold. This was an increase over Q2 and was driven by the scheduled move to the R-grade areas of phase, uh, phase 4B. Mill throughput remained above nameplate capacity but was slightly lower than Q2 due to the processing of harder ore as well as lower sag mill availability due to maintenance. For the remainder of 2021, we expect that the mill feed will continue to be comprised of our grade phase 4B and lower grade stockpile. And we remain on track to meet our updated 2021 production guidance of 150 to 180,000 tons of copper and 400 to 480 ounces of gold. 
With that, I will turn the call to Luke. Thanks, Steve, and good morning to everyone. If you could please turn to slide seven, I'll provide a summary of our key financial metrics. Revenue for Q3 2021 increased by 135.6% from Q3 of 2020. Gold revenue increased by 193 million, and that's driven by a 338% increase in the volume of gold and concentrates sold, and that's due to, to mining higher grade areas of phase 4B, partially offset by a 6% lower gold price. Copper revenue increased by 164 million from Q3 2020, and that's due to a 44% higher copper price and a 35% increase in copper volumes due to higher grades. Cash generated from operating activities before interest and in tax was 355 million in Q3 2021, and that's 262 million higher than Q3 2020. Q3 21 gross margin was 324 million higher, due mainly to the increase in revenues. This was partially offset by unfavorable movements in working capital and deferred revenue, as contingency measures put in place during Q2 2021 to improve OT short-term liquidity unwound during Q3 2021. Income per share attributable to owners of TRQ decreased from $0.64 cents per share in Q3 2020 to $0.17 cents per share in Q3 2021. This decrease mainly reflects the impact of a $300 million deferred tax asset derecognition in Q3 2021, which result, arose as a result of an overall weakening in taxable income forecasts due to the underground delays. This impact was partially offset by the increase in gross margin previously mentioned. C1 cash costs and all-in sustaining costs in Q3 2021 both benefited from a $193 million increase in gold revenue credits versus Q3 2020. For all-in sustaining costs, this benefit is partially offset by the higher royalties that OT paid on the higher revenue. Capital expenditure in Q3 2021 was $217 million, and that's comprised of $201 million underground and $16 million open pits. Capital expenditure for the same period last year was $255 million. The ongoing impacts of COVID-19 restrictions and controls drove the lower-than-expected capital expenditure and are expected to continue into Q4 of 2021. As a result, TRQ's full-year capital guidance has been reduced. $80 million to $100 million for the open pit is the revised guidance, and for the underground, it's 0.8 billion to 0.9 billion. If I could get you to turn to slide eight, you'll see that Turquoise Hill had liquidity of 0.8 billion at the end of Q3 2021, which it expects will be sufficient to meet the company's requirements into Q3 2022. As disclosed in the company's Q3 2021 production update, its base case incremental funding requirement increased to 3.6 billion and that's primarily as a result of the forecast delay to sustainable production for Panel Zero, which is now expected to be in H1 2023, which is broadly in line with the forecast six-month delay to undercut commencement. 
Additionally, TRQ's base case incremental funding requirement inc incorporates other assumptions, including updates to metal price assumptions, the definitive estimate, which estimated a development capital cost of $6.75 billion, and then COVID-19 restrictions through the end of Q3 2021, which have resulted in a cumulative increase of $140 million to the estimate included in the DE, and that's through the end of September 2021. The impact of the open pit mine redesigns in response to previously reported geotechnical events, the resequencing re of open pit ore phases due to the delayed commitment of the undercut, and of course, the impact of COVID-19 restrictions and controls on the open pit waste movement. Um, further information on all of that is provided in the company's Q3 2021 MDNA. Uh, the company's estimated incremental funding requirement, as well as its liquidity outlook, will continue to be impacted either positively or negatively by various factors in addition to the aforementioned, um, and many of those are outside the company's control. To address its forecast funding and liquidity requirements, the company's funding plan includes the head of agreement reached with Rio Tinto in April 2021. And of course, the, its successful imp implementation is subject to achieving alignment with the relevant stakeholders, including Rio Tinto, existing lenders, potential new lenders and the government of Mongolia, as well as market conditions and other factors. And those factors would include resolution of the remaining outstanding non-technical undercut criteria and other items that form part of the ongoing negotiations with the government of Mongolia. Any significant further delays to the initiation of the undercut or non-fulfillment of any of the other CPs identified in the heads of agreement uh, could adversely affect the ability of the company and OTLLC to obtain additional funding or reprofile existing debt as contemplated within the timeframe set out in the heads of agreement. However, the company is currently in discussions with Rio Tinto to consider potential adjustments to the timeframe and other aspects of the heads of agreement, which would help to address the, comp the company's forecast funding and liquidity requirements. And with that, I'll hand over the call to Joanne Dudley, our Chief, Chief Operating Officer. Thank you very much, Luke. Let's turn to slide nine for the underground development and exploration update. COVID-19 continued to significantly impact the Togo mine in Q3 21. Constraints on personnel numbers on site and domestic and international travel adversely impacted both open pit operations and the underground project. The additional 2021 development cost impact of the known COVID-19 delays up to September 30, 2021 is estimated to be approximately $140 million. As COVID-19 remains ongoing, the company will continue to monitor impacts and update the market as appropriate. Despite COVID-19 challenges, commissioning of materials handling system one commenced during the quarter. While not required for undercut commencement, a fully commissioned materials handling system one is required for sustainable production. Whilst shaft three and four did not progress during Q3, shaft four sinking recommenced in October, which is a great step forward for the project. Readiness work for shaft three sinking continues to progress. 
Although shafts three and four are not required to support the commencement of panel zero, they are required to support productions from panels one and two during the ramp up to 95,000 tonnes per day. The commencement of the undercut is a key milestone and it is critical to ensure that once commenced, the undercut and drill point construction continues unimpeded. From a technical perspective, all lateral development and production drilling to initiate the undercut is complete and supporting infrastructure for panel zero production is on track for completion under the current site conditions. Exact timing of the undercut is dependent on the satisfaction of remaining outstanding non-technical criteria. I'll now cover exploration progress in the quarter. Turquoise Hill, through its wholly owned subsidiaries, Asia Gold Mongolia LLC, Haruga Exploration LLC and SGLS LLC operates an exploration program in Mongolia on three licences that are not part of Ayutolgoi. Despite restrictions on people movements in the Omnagovi and Dornagovi provinces in Q2, the exploration team was able to fully complete our planned 2021 fieldwork during Q3. Safety remains our first priority and appropriate measures will be maintained to protect our exploration team, contractors and the communities in which we work. Reaffirming our commitment to local communities, the exploration team made COVID-19 aid donations to the Mandak and Hambok Sums during the quarter. With that, I'll now hand the call back to Steve. Thank you, John. Uh, turning to slide 10, I would like to focus on the key milestones to take us to sustaining production of panel zero. As we have stated before, from a technical perspective, Olutogoi has been ready to initiate the undercut since July 2021. Despite the COVID-19 related constraint, Q3 saw the breakthrough of the conveyor decline, shaft 4 sinking recommence, and preparatory work for the shaft 3 sinking has continued. The breakthrough of the service decline is forecast for this month and completion of the material handling system 1 and the first on-footprint truck chute are broadly in line with the definite estimate. The Olutogo team, from my point of view, have done an amazing job. The key outstanding issue facing Olutogo is resolving the non-technical criteria to initiate the undercut. Primary among these is obtaining the approval of all the directors of Olutogo board for the necessary additional investment to advance the underground development. The longer the delay in approving the budget uplift, the greater the risk that Olutogoi will have to slow down work on the underground. We continue to engage with the Mongolian government and Rio Tinto to resolve all the outstanding non-technical issues that must be resolved before caving operation can commence. To further that process, TRQ and Rio Tinto have tabled with the government a comprehensive proposal that we believe addresses the government key concerns while maintaining economic value of the project for all stakeholders. Before I open the line for Q&As, I want to express my appreciation for the effort of the Olutogo team. They delivered a solid performance in Q3 under what continued to be challenging circumstances. Thanks to them, 
we had good production from the open pit and were able to advance elements of the underground with less than half of the number of worker plans. That they were able to do this while maintaining all-you-to-go-y safety performance is noteworthy and commendable. And with that, uh, we will begin the Q&As. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press the star followed by the one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the star followed by the two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please stand by for your first question. Your first question comes from Jackie Presbelowski of BMO. Please go ahead. Thanks very much. Uh, I guess my first question, I, I know in the release that you gave some um, some guidance in terms of delays for um, shafts three and four uh, and for panels mm -hmm. one and two, um, and you've given those in number of months of delay um, from the previous disclosure in the uh, definitive estimate. Uh, I, I can't find in the definitive estimate where those um, timelines were previously disclosed. So could you um, could you either tell us when you're expecting now um, shafts three and four and panels one and two, or at least uh, what the definitive estimate um, was envisioning for those? Because I just I can't see it. Thank you. Okay, Joanne, you want to take that uh, that question? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Jackie. Uh, in the definitive estimate, uh, sorry, in the um, uh, in the definitive estimate, we haven't given the the exact uh, date. Certainly, in the technical report, we gave uh, some indications. But ultimately, uh, what's important about those shafts is that they are supporting infrastructure for the uh, ongoing development of panels uh, uh, two, and which is the next panel that'll be mined. Uh, following panel zero and uh, panel one. And so, uh, you know, as per the disclosure in the MDNA, uh, we have highlighted the, the important timeframes uh, that drive uh, impact to the ramp up. Uh, and so, uh, so we've, we've uh, focused on, on what was, what's important when it comes to uh, the ramp up of the mine to 95,000 tonnes a day, hopefully. Uh, that's helpful. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, I, I hope you can appreciate it. It's a little difficult for us. You've said, so for example, shafts three and four have a nine-month delay, but we don't really know from from what <laughs> to what, you know. It's, it's just a little bit difficult for us to um, to model that. But, um, if I mean, if there's any other, uh, other kind of color you can give, but I guess we can work with the... Um, the, the info that you give us, that's all that, that we can have. Um, okay, Any, anyways, um, maybe I'll just ask a different question. Um, we saw yesterday um, your one of your shareholders put out a, a, an open letter and, and was asking for some clarity on, um, on what your response to, uh, to the independent review uh, of geotechnical issues, or, or sorry, of, of delays and cost overruns would be. Um, is, is there any 
information or response or color that you can give in terms of what Turquoise Hill's um, view of that independent report is or, or what your response to that might be? Yeah, Jackie, what, uh, what we're doing, we're, con we're, we're, we're conducting a detailed review of that particular report, okay? I, and I will highlight that that report is a confidential report at the OT board, but we're conducting a detailed review. Uh, we're seeking a number of different of clarification and supporting detail uh, explanation for certain broad conclusions that were in the report. And one will have concluded this, uh, this, this detailed review will uh, update the market as appropriate. Okay, thank you very much. That's, that's okay. all my questions. Thank you, Jackie. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Your next question comes from Orist Wokadaw of Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Uh, I've got a couple questions too. Um, first of all, can you walk us through the increase to the funding gap from 2.4 billion to 3.6? Um, and a, a couple angles to this, like your liquidity estimated liquidity runway of Q322 is unchanged, right? So to me, that would suggest that really the funding gap is beyond um, what, what we, from a timeline perspective, is further out. But maybe, you know, would be really helpful for us to get some color is what kind of commodity assumptions are baked into this? What kind of production assumptions from the open pit are baked into this for 22, 23, and I guess 24? Um, maybe we could start there if possible. Okay, very good. Luke, you want to take that, that uh, question? Yeah. Sure, Steve, happy to do that. And thanks for the question. There, there are actually a, a few questions in there, so I'll do my best to answer them. And if I miss anything, please do let me know. Um, at a high level, uh, you know, we, we did have a, a sort of $1.2 billion increase to the funding gap in the quarter. Um, you'll remember from our Q2 2021 MDNA that the funding act funding gap at that time increased from 2.3 to 2.4 billion. And that was primarily due to a re-sequencing of ore phases of the open pit mine. Um, and that was largely offset by improved commodity price forecasts. And in terms of commodity price forecasts, we, you know, what, 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 what we use effectively is consensus pricing at the balance sheet date. Um, so that's, that would be the assumptions that, that, that we use. Um, for Q3 2021, the primary cause of the, the increase from 2.4 billion to 3.6 billion is the deferral of revenue caused by the delay to the start of the undercut and sustainable production. Um, there's also additional COVID-19 related costs of 40 million in the quarter, and that brings the total um, as of 31st of September 2021 to um, 140 million. Um, you know, the company has, you know, repeatedly and consistently warned 
um, that, you know, a, a significant delay to the start of the undercut would have a material impact on project schedule, including the timing of sustainable, sustainable production per panel zero. Um, and that could adversely impact the timing of expected cash flows from the underground, thereby increasing the amount of the incremental funding requirements. And, and obviously, when that became apparent in Q3 2021, um, we felt was was important to update the market, and that's what we've done. So let me stop there. Um, hopefully, I've answered most of your questions, but um, let me know if you've got any follow-up there. Uh, well, I guess what kind of production assumptions are baked in to, to this estimate over the next few years? Yep, so we, um, we haven't actually issued um, production guidance beyond – um, 2021, we are still working to be able to um, issue our production guidance for 2022. So I'm probably not going to be able to answer your question, you know, super specifically. But, but obviously, the um, impact of the six-month delay to sustainable production um, is is having the impact of, of some of the anticipated underground production out into into later periods, and that's, you know, what's what's causing the main reason, anyway, that's causing the funding stop over the sort of critical period, which is kind of 2022 through 2024. Okay, and in the release two weeks ago, it it disclosed your estimate for panel zero sustainable production was January of 23. Um, in the release today, it says just H1 23, and I realize January is an H1. But are we to interpret that that it's slipped well beyond January at this point? Joanna, would you like to give some color to that uh, that that change that we did? Yes, no problem. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Iris. Yes, so uh, we've had more time with uh, information since the the QOR release, and uh, and if we if we look at uh, if we look back at the um, technical report OTTR20, the, broadly the timeframes between the key milestones laid out in the OTTR20 remain consistent with the current plan, uh, and uh, and so uh, we have had a six-month uh, delay to the commencement of undercut uh, and a similar delay, uh, uh, consequently to sustainable production. So. Uh, but we need to remember we actually haven't started the undercut yet, and so there there does remain some uncertainty here, and the disclosure reflects reflects that. Uh, it is important that the remaining items preventing the commencement of the undercut are resolved as quickly as possible, and the team is very focused on working with our stakeholders to achieve that. Okay, and maybe final question for me. Um, at, at this point, do you see any opportunities to improve this funding gap through resequencing re of the open pit or, or perhaps resequencing something in the underground? Is there any opportunities to reduce that, that $3.6 billion number at this point? Joan, do you uh, have a yes. bit of uh, color around the optimization? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Steve. Uh, yes, so the the uh, team are working on uh, on developing and investigating uh, optimization opportunities uh, to try to bring metal forward into the the funding gap period. Uh, 
uh, and we're in the preliminary stages of, of that analysis. Uh, and it's important to note that, you know, while we will do everything we can to accelerate the work, we believe our current forecast is realistic and achievable. It is a normal process for Oyotolgoi to look for these opportunities to bring metal forward, and there is some time for that to happen. So uh, the optimisation work will continue, and uh, you know we will come back and announce any results of the work um, uh, when we are able to. Okay, and sorry, one more if I could. Just Steve, you talked about that you're reviewing the results of the independent consulting group. Um, I mean, that report was submitted three months ago. When could yeah. we re realistically anticipate that your review of your questions and clarification is completed and, and the market can update there? What's the timing? Uh, no specific timing, but I could say that we're, 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 getting, uh, we're getting close to, to be finalized. Uh, like I said, for us, it's important to have a good, a good review and, and have the supporting detail for the explanation. Um, and uh, so we're working on that. So it should be... It 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 will come. It will come. I can tell you. Will it, will it come this year, or is it likely now a 22 event? Um, RS, I I my goal would be that it would come this year. Okay. Okay. But I, thank I, you. I mean, it's not the review is not finished, and that could change. But my my wish would be that it would be completed this year. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Horace. Your next question comes from Craig Hutches, TD Securities. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, just a follow-up question on the financing. Hey, morning, Steve. Uh, the follow-up question on the financing shortfall, three point six billion. Are you guys able to tell us like what what time frame that is that shortfall occurs? Is that like late twenty twenty two, early twenty twenty three? Like when do you consider the, the, the absolute low in terms of your cash flow um, requirements? Okay. Luke, you want to handle that? Yep, sure. So um at, at the moment we have liquidity that takes us through it takes us into Q three of twenty twenty two next year. Um so obviously post that, absent any other sort of um, corrective measures, the, the 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 funding gap would would start to build up in you know beginning in Q3 2022, um, and then that the, the the sort of critical um, funding gap period, Craig, as that as that funding gap sort of builds up to the 3.6 billion is during that 2022 to 2024 period. Okay. And in terms of, um, I guess the, the, you know, the cost overruns, the 1.2 billion. Any, any way you can kind of break it down roughly in terms of what was attributed to the open pit, and what was attributed to the delay to the underground? Yeah. So again, Craig, in, for, for Q3, the majority of the increase was really related to the the, the delay to. Um, first, sustainable production, and that you know that was caused by the delay to the undercut. In Q2, we had some some adjustments for things like resequencing of the open pit, and obviously pricing assumptions. But the main the main change in Q3 is really the the, the impact of the six month delay to the undercut, and the impact of that on sustainable production. Okay. And maybe just the last hey, Craig, question for me. Sorry. 
Right. Sorry, sorry, Craig, to interrupt. I'm not sure if you mentioned costs, but there's no, I mean, the only cost increase, I just want to make sure, maybe I misunderstood, but there's no cost increase. The cost increase, there's one related to the uh, the COVID, the COVID, but really what it is, is it's a, it's a shift in the revenue uh, and the production. So that's what we're, when, when we talk about $1.2 billion increase in the, uh, in the funding, it's mostly related to revenue. Yeah. A revenue, a shift in the revenue. Maybe, maybe yeah. I was not, I missed on the question. No, no, fair, fair yeah. enough. Fair, fair enough. And maybe lastly for me, I mean, uh, I guess a couple months back, there were some, there was an articles in the, in the media talking about pretty specific numbers around some of the concessions that yourselves and Rio Tinto are willing to offer the Mongolian government. And you know, they quoted a number of $350 million of additional revenue over the next three years, in addition to existing royalties and taxes. I was just wondering, does the $3.6 billion financing shortfall, does that account for any concessions to the Mongolian government, or should we think of that as something on top of that, that number? Yeah, I will, I will end on that. Uh, no, it, it doesn't, doesn't include that. Uh, and the reason, Craig, is that, these, uh, that we're, we're in negotiation. There's a lot of detail to go through uh, the final the final uh, outcome of the negotiation is not known yet, so I would say uh, nothing has been included in the current funding that you uh, we communicated. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, thank you, uh, Craig. Your next question comes from Ralph Profitti, Eight Capital. Please go ahead. Uh, good, good morning, Ralph. Thanks for. Good morning. Thank you for taking my uh, questions, uh, Steve. Um, the first one is on, you know, I'm wondering what the significance is of the $5.3 billion, which is the original feasibility study from 2016 CapEx, right? That is yeah. a number that we're going to be reaching very, very soon and is the only thing that's actually been approved by all parties in the OTLLC. Is there anything that prevents... Um, uh, you know, OT from continuing to spend their budget, say, in 2022 without, uh, you know, the approval of the incremental budget from the government of Mongolia? Yeah, no, the, um, it's a good point, Ralph, because the 5.3 is pretty much uh, committed at the moment, and we, uh, we, cannot, we cannot spend more than that, okay? Uh, that's, that's very important. Uh, we need to understand that this is... Uh, this is a very, very large project. This is a project that is extremely complex, okay? Uh, and what we need to do, we need to, we need to move that project uh, with the support of uh, all shareholders. We cannot run this project route from a month-to-month -month basis because you have long-term, in order to make it efficient, you need to have uh, long-term commitment. And what we're reaching right now, we have, we're reaching the end of the budget and definitely, what needs to happen now is we need to have uh, the uh, additional investment of the $1.4 billion, the one that we talked in the definite estimate, okay, the additional investment required to complete the underground, uh, the, the underground mine. And we need to do that from all, with all, the invest, uh, all shareholders, including, including the EUT or slash the government and Rio Tinto and TRQ. Okay, that's very important. And the reason why is that we need to uh, we need to uh, proceed with the undercut. We need to resolve the um, 
regulatory approval. Uh, we need also to uh, get support for the discussion for financing. So there's a lot of things that must be done and we cannot continue uh, managing on a monthly basis or neither to be uh, to go above budget. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense, okay. Um, okay, my second question is on something you talked about in, in your commentary, Steve, about, and it was in a previous question, about you know this debt forgiveness and the accelerated returns to the government of Mongolia. With, within that proposal that you just presented, can you maybe outline what is the process for review and when are you hoping to get some type of an answer? Okay. Um, as I said, I, I mean, like I said, uh, well, I've been in Mongolia for six weeks. Uh, I came back for that, uh, for the quarter in, in that review here. Uh, this Friday, I'm going back. I, I, I was quite encouraged by the, uh, the tone of the discussion, the discussion with the government and also more importantly, the commitments that uh, everyone is uh, is having, okay, and having right now. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of discussion. Even uh, this week, I was involved in in discussion um, in discussion. What's important, Ralph, is that we all have a common objective here. The objective is really to uh, to make sure that the underground and that's shared by uh, TRQ, Rio Tinto, and also the government uh, the government of Mongolia, okay. And it's the, the objective or continuation of the underground development, the commencement of, of the undercut uh, and the sustainable uh, production. So we're committed here. And, and in terms of proposal, I mean, the, the proposal from our point of view uh, really addressed the key concern that the government had, okay, which were mostly around the debt and when they would get dividend. But it always changed. And uh, Ralph, you would know it. Uh, negotiation is not finished until it's finished, and uh, we're still having discussion on the forms and and different elements on that one. So I cannot commit, I cannot give you the details, but what I can tell you is that we're we are, and also the government, uh, we're all focusing to move forward, and 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 we are working very hard to make it happen. Great, understood. Thank you, Steve. Okay, thanks, Rob. Your next question comes from Dalton Barreto, Canaccord. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks. Good morning, Dalton. Good morning, Stephen. Team, um, most of my questions have been answered, but I'm hoping I can follow up on a couple of Ralph's questions there. Um, so first of all, just on the $5.3 billion versus the 6.75, is there an option at all to maybe approve a small portion of the increase so you don't have to go tools down on November 30th? Yeah, it is. It is. It is a good question, um, Dalton. But like I say, I mean, yes, that's a pub, that's a possibility. Okay, we could we could do that, and the government and um, and and the company could decide that for um, in order to continue and 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 on the discussion on the negotiation to do that. So yes, that's an option. However, it's not okay. Um, it's it. Dalton, it's, it's like building your house and you're just approving a weekly budget. Uh, you would have problem to eventually to coordinate all the activities. So in other words, yes, it can be done, but it's not the, the, the best and favorable solution. And what we're looking eventually is to really to get a support for the entire budget and be able to move with the uh, undercut as well. 
Understood. And then just maybe in terms of what you have disclosed around the negotiations, uh, you know, Ralph mentioned the, the debt reduction, and then there's also some some talk around accelerated returns. On the debt reduction, so with the 2016 agreement, uh, part of that was knocking down the shareholder loans from $7 billion to uh, $2.8 billion. Are we talking kind of the same order of magnitude here? Nelton, I'm not commenting on negotiation. I'll uh, I'll be able to. I hope I'm going to be able. I wish I'll be able to tell you in a couple of weeks, and I'll give you all the detail there. But in the meantime, things are changing. Things are uh, going. So I'm I'm not, I'm not commenting on the detail. Okay. Okay, that's understandable. So maybe I'll move on then. Um, this consultant's report um, that you guys are reviewing. How how much of a role does the resolution of some of these inconsistencies that were identified play in terms of the government actually agreeing to a deal? I mean, it's, it's, it's really at the OT board that is being, it is something that needs to be resolved, I, I, I admit. Um, but without going to the detail, this is something that is, uh, is, being, is being handled by the OT board, and that's, uh, that's up to the board to decide on the details there. Okay, and then just maybe one last one. I'll ask you the same thing I asked you last time. Um, if you do come to a deal with the negotiating committee, does that proposal have to be ratified by Parliament? And I'll have the same answer as I did last time. Uh, I think that I'll leave that to the government exactly how they want to do that. Um, I, I would say that, that that's a possibility that uh, they, they will do that. Um, but I'm sure that if they do, they will... Uh, they're, they're confident that the process will be uh, quite fast, but I cannot comment on how they will do it. Okay, thanks, Steve. That, that's all for me. Good luck. Thank you very much. Very appreciated. Your next question comes from Orest Wokadaw, Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Oh, thanks for taking my follow-up. Um, just following up again Welcome. on Dalton. Yeah, thank you. Um, but just following on the line of uh, questions that, that Dalton and, and uh, Ralph were, were asking you, uh, like from an outsider perspective, um, it feels like there's little progress in terms of these negotiations with the government um, to, to, to deal with the non-technical criteria here. And, you know, where I'm trying to get a, a better understanding of, I mean, how long can this limbo continue for um, Rio Tinto and, and Turquoise Hill decide that you can't keep the project in this holding pattern and uh, we need to do a, a tools down type of statement like we saw in, in 2015. Like, is that, is that a real possibility? Okay. Two things, um, uh You mentioned little progress. I would say that uh, I, I hope my message is clear that there, um, um, there is definitely a strong commitment and also a lot of work that is being done at the moment. So uh, if I take the government is very generous towards this time, they're taking a lot of time on that. They have different committees. So uh, this this is a difficult negotiation and RSG, you would definitely agree with me on that one. And uh, it's, uh, it's, I would not say little progress. It is, I mean, it's, it's an intense negotiation at the moment, okay? Um, how long can we stand that, that, that process? I mean, 
my answer is it cannot be clearer than that. We are we 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 are at the um, we are on the inflection point here. Okay, uh, this is, we are at the time where we have spent the money uh, that we had uh, not spent. I say committed the money that we uh, we had approved or was, was approved. Um, we cannot continue that project uh, that project, and I would say a decision unless there's a there's a a partial or full budget uplift, we cannot continue managing that, process, that that budget like that, and we don't have we won't have the money. So a decision needs to be made and needs to be made now. Okay, uh, that's where we're at the we're at the point where we we need to make a decision and move on. And if there is no sorry, sorry, sorry I was not there. What we need to do, we need to have an agreement, not a decision. We need to have a, uh, an agreement, and, and, and we're working extremely hard to make it happen. That's what I wanted to say exactly. Okay. Has there been any agreement on any of the major issues so far that you can comment on? I or is it all, all or that. nothing type of agreement? Uh, you, already, you, you, you know that in negotiation, you uh, you're, you're start different points, you agree on points, you, uh, you go further, you come back. Uh, I cannot come in until it's finished. Okay. But, but just, Steve, just to clarify what you're saying, like you, you say you're at an inflection point here. So d does that imply that if there's no agreement, you know, in any kind of timely manner that we could see uh, a tools down type? event ahead or or am I misinterpreting what you're saying no I I, I would say that if we uh, if we cannot reach an agreement in uh, in, uh, in in the near future uh, we'll be forced uh, we'll, we'll need to consider very unattractive option and that's include the risk of having to uh, start to suspend some work because we won't have the budget always okay okay uh, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate the colors. Okay, very good. Thank you. Your next question comes from Jackie Presbolowski, BMO. Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, I try not to um, hi, uh, beat a dead horse here, um, but I think Dalton uh, raised a, a good point about the um, whether this needs to be ratified in Parliament. And, and to go back to your response to Oris, that you'd need to see a, uh, an agreement uh, fairly soon in order to keep progress um, on construction. What, what do you define an agreement as? And if the Mongolian government decided this did need to be ratified by Parliament. Would you need that whole process to be finished before you've considered that you've reached an agreement? No, I mean it's um, yeah. How do I answer to that, Jackie? Um, there are definitely key points that needs to be resolved. Okay, when we need to uh, we. we we need to agree to uh, proceed with the additional investment of $1.4 billion, okay? That, so going from that 5.4 to the 6 point, 6 point something, 6.7, I think, that we, uh, that we talked before. So there's a decision made to be on that one. So the, the, the project team can, can start to commit the, the money. We need also to, uh, to have support 
financing because we'll need money, and uh, so that's 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 pretty clear. There's still some uh, regulatory approval that needs to be done, okay? Uh, but it it all depends. I mean, it's uh, we want we are in that situation right now. We need to there's a there's a pressing moment to make it happen, okay? And uh, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that the government will be uh, in a position to approve uh, quickly, uh, to approve quickly. And now, and Jackie, well, depending on circumstances, will adjust. But the the the, up, the uplift of the investment of the additional investment is a key to be able to move the support. So the element I mentioned are very important that we see the government moving on those things. Um, and and like I say, I hope that they're going to be able to uh, approve quickly. So, so, I mean, that's a, a formal, legally binding approval, not an informal handshake sort of approval. Is that right? Uh, that's what we want. That's what we want. But there's always shades of gray in this uh, in, in these things. And uh, I think that when we'll get there, we'll have to evaluate it. But definitely a formal agreement. Because the key point here, we want to be able to make that investment and start uh, and, and have the regulatory, the, the elements are there. We need those one, okay, to be able to move. Uh, so if a question of ratification or approval, I mean, it, it will depend what form and what, uh, where we send at that time. But definitely what we want is assurance that we can, we can move uh, safely with that project once we make, when we make the additional investment. Okay, okay, thanks Keith. Okay, thanks, Jackie. Your next question comes from Richard Hatch, Berenberg. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks very much, um, and thanks for taking my questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good morning. Um, I just wonder—I've uh, got a couple of questions. The first one. Um, I wonder if you may be able to give us any kind of order of magnitude on the impacts of the medium-term production profile based on kind of the previous technical report that we've got to kind of work with, um, just off the back of these um, delays, um, or whether you're unable to, to give us that. And then just on, on that, you know, as you're kind of bringing those those next panels into production into the medium-term Joanne, how comfortable are you with the, the geotech? Are you happy that you're not going to have to make any more kind of um, mine plan revisions um, with regards to support? And then secondly, and I'm sorry, I am flogging the dead horse on this one, but just so I can get it right in my own head, um, it is the kind of the very basic order of play. You agree a fiscal term stroke, you agree a, a budgetary with the, the various stakeholders in the, in, the, in the project. You can then take that to the board of OTLLC, that gets approved, um, and then you can kind of take, take the project forward and, and we can kind of pr- progress from there. Is that, is that the kind of the, the basic way that you're, you're looking at it? Get the agreement signed and, and agreed with the government, then agree on OTLLC level, and then um, kind of you know, develop the undercut. Thanks. Yeah, Richard, I'll answer the second one, and Joanne will do it first. Uh, on the commit, on, on definitely the the increase on in the investment of 1.4 uh, that we need at the moment is definitely an OTLC approval. That's where it is, and the EOT directors need support from uh, need support all directions from the government, so you can understand what would happen there in this case. So that's the way it would happen. So, when you want to answer the the production the uh, the production? Yes, yes, no problem, Steve. Uh, thank you, Richard, for the question. Uh, 
So uh, just in terms of the impact on the ramp up, so uh, we would, uh, so you know, you'd be familiar that in the technical report in Chapter 16, there's a there's a production profile, um, and so we would see, we, you know, the the um, disclosure is announcing uh, an alteration to that profile, uh, uh, ramping up to the 95,000 tonnes a day post uh, panel zero ramp up, uh, and so so we're seeing that overall ramp up is taking longer in the order of. Uh, the the delay to those um, to the commencement of those panels. Now there's ongoing work in this, and so you know it, it is something that um, as we understand the situation more, as uh, shafts are in four progress, you know there will be uh, you know a better understanding of of uh, where we're heading, um, to, you know, to a better degree. Uh, but um, that's probably you know, the best I can provide at the moment. There will be ongoing uh, optimisation efforts to to try to do more with the same uh, ventilation constraints uh, and we'll provide any updates uh, we can um, as, as they materialise. Um, in terms of geotech uh, and further revisions with respect to support, I, I, I don't know that support is is uh, where we would see uh, major revisions, and certainly we've we've continued to drill uh, and collect more ore body knowledge um, as as we, as is appropriate with a, a project um, of this size. Uh, and the drilling in Panel Two North is is complete, and it's it's showing uh, overall less structure than we saw in Panel Zero. Um, but this is still a deep cave, and uh, we need to try to minimise risk as we head into production, and so there are mine design refinements uh, that are going on, as noted in the MDNA, and uh, and and that work uh, will will advise of any um, material updates to that uh, as they crystallise. So so we do expect some mine design refinements, but it's all about minimising risk as we head into production and into the ramp up. So hopefully that's uh, that's useful, Richard. Very helpful. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Richard. Ladies and gentlemen, as there are no further questions on the phone lines, we will conclude today's conference call. We thank you all for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a wonderful day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.